welcome to The Real and the Gritty with Belle and Danielle. We are so excited to be here today and welcome Nadia from Mind and Core. She is a leading personal coach specialising in cognition, mental health and performance for both men, women and businesses, alongside running in-person guided meditations and is a leader within the cold and conscious community. She believes that mental, emotional and physical health are so deeply connected and has this incredible ability to bring light to areas of your life, give you new ways to think and approach your behavioural patterns and is very well researched on how we are influenced by societal pressures and challenges you to think laterally, to sort out whatever you need to in order to grow immensely. So we are so pumped to have you. Welcome, Nadia. Thank you. Gee whiz, that's a big intro. I feel like we've got a lot to <laughs> Welcome, Nadia. How um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Bit freaking getting used to the weather here a little bit. It's like definitely like Melbourne winter is hitting, but it's yeah, it's nice. Nice, nice. It's like to be fair, a bit different this year with doing cold and conscious and stuff. My relationship (laughs) cold. My relationship with the cold and winter has like really evolved as of from having met those guys and like the way they deal with the seasons and stuff. So I must admit, I'm actually going into winter feeling good I feel like usually Mm. winter is like a bit depressing like you're a bit like Mm. oh no and you go into kind of like a really low mood state but the way that Steve who like is the you know he started kind of cold and conscious it's his baby the way he kind of frames winter and just that it's like it's just its its own playing field I feel like it's it is so different from summer but it's not bad and when you get into like what is different about it and the opportunities that it presents, mm-hmm. it's actually left me feeling like a lot more excited about winter this year than I have ever been before. So I'm usually like a proper like Arab summer baby, like I need the heat. <laughs> yeah. So I remember you starting cold dips. Is it a couple of years ago or when we are in COVID, you started immersing Uh and it was challenging. It's always challenging at the start. But yeah. you're, you're like to see you evolve in just that one tiny little aspect, it's like, boom, what yeah. you can do in one or two years. Yeah, it's definitely been um, a wild 12 months, I think, in particular, for, to be fair, a couple of years. But, yeah, from that perspective, like some friends of mine originally started the group Feel Good Dips is probably the one that you were talking about as well. And, like, for them it was like a – COVID adventure like they just kind of got in the cold water one day and started Mm -hmm. to see what it did for themselves and they just started going to the beach and then like now I think they have something like 10,000 followers which is like wild what they've done in 12 months and then Mm -hmm. um more recently yeah like I've joined the cold and conscious community which like actually you know take it up a level in terms of we get in an ice bath not just in the ice ocean but yeah it's definitely been like one platform that's yeah just it's really brought the community factor in I think I've done a lot of work like it's funny this is a big theme in my life at the moment like I'm very good independently like from an individual perspective I've done a lot of work I've gone into my mind into my personal relationships my life all that stuff but the whole community aspect is something that I've probably really been lacking um just because of the way I grew up it's me and connecting with people and like finding that relationship safe has been something that's been a challenge for me so getting involved in those two communities and like you know kind of stepping out of just being a coach but like a community is different right it's two-way it's not just like me to the client it's them back to me and it's this whole different process and it's been yeah it's been a very cool thing to be a part of and it's definitely been like a massive 
growing opportunity for me as well, which is like always really exciting. You guys have to come down to be fair. I don't think I've actually seen either of you there. I've popped down to um, feel good dick, oh, but I'm going to come, yeah. I'm gonna come to Cold Unconscious in the next couple of weeks. I'll have to get on the plane. But there's a few groups like that up here as well in Queensland, Gold Coast, so good. Yeah. Um, because like you're saying, the power of community, and I completely relate to you with uh, feeling safe in a community is really hard um, depending how you've been brought up. And if we even think about that from a client's perspective, do you have any tips on a client that is scared to feel safe in that community and take that step because it is oh, powerful. It it comes up so much. Like it's and to be fair, it's actually been a very good like tool for me even as a coach because I have a number of clients that like struggle with that that have that same struggle of like it's it's there's a level of safety you need to feel to receive support. Mm-hmm. What I am really observing. Um, is it's one thing to give support. Like a lot of us feel comfortable to give support, to be like, hey, like, do you need to talk? How are you? What's going on? Like, let me do this for you. Let me do that for you. But receiving support means to actually admit you want it, you need it, to feel the comfort and niceness of getting it and then running the risk that it gets taken away or that that person hurts you or that they don't like what they see when they look back at you, I think is like a big thing that comes up. Um, And I think that's like a big thing that these communities are doing is like giving people that opportunity. Like I've been thinking about it a lot. I used to really run more of that mindset of like independence, like independence is really important. You know, you know, don't get into a relationship too quickly. Don't do this too quickly. Like learn how to be self-sufficient, learn how to be self-sufficient. But I've realized like this, like I wrote this in my journal the other day. I wrote, go deeper, go alone, go together. Mm. Like you have to do all three. Like if you want to be highly functioning, if you want to be, you want to have an absence of mental health issues, an absence of physical health issues, you want to be a high performer, you have to learn how to be in a group and be in a community. And I think whether it's feel good dips, whether it's cold and conscious, whether it's like, I think it's cool to be conscious and stuff as up in Queensland, like they're all facilitating an environment where it's just a little bit more comfy and a little bit less scary and, like, everyone's kind of there for the same thing. So I do really, really encourage people, like, to give it a go because, um, yeah, it's just it's the community. We are. We're pack animals. We're designed to be together. And it's funny. I just think infrastructure and technology and all these things are actually, unfortunately, like, I think originally maybe they were designed to bring us together, but they just seem to be bringing us further and further apart. And seeing more of these communities like come up, I think it's just making a massive difference. Like I see it with people that come, but honestly, like massively for me too, because that's probably my current big challenge in front of me at the moment is like really learning to be way in my connections with people and not just give without an ability to receive back and yeah these guys have all been like so huge to helping me do that so I'm very like grateful for being a part of both of those communities yeah that's powerful (laughs) yeah I think you can see that in so many areas of your life too like Mm -hmm. I definitely have friends that are very good at looking after other people but as soon as you flip that coin to ask how they are like you get nothing (laughs) Um, even though you know they need it. <laughs> yeah. Shake yeah. Them. yeah, definitely. 
let's dive a little deeper into your background. How did you end up in this field? What sparked this passion and desire to support and help others? Yeah, this is always such a big question. I'm like, there are so (laughs) many reasons, but I guess like to go like back to the start, um, for me, like from a personal perspective, uh, my mum has quite a serious mental health condition. Um, So I was always surrounded with the concept of like mental health and like therapists and psychologists and stuff over the years. Um, And I just had a lot of like, there's a lot of abandonment in my childhood. There was a lot of like people that had a lot of their own stuff going on that affected me all the time. And I felt very like hurt by people. Like, again, that whole lack of safety from people started when I was really young. Like I got, I moved around from a lot of different caregivers, like within like me, I think it was about three months after I was born, my mom was in hospital. So I was like, with my grandma and then I was with this auntie and then I was with that auntie and then my parents got divorced and my mum kind of like ran away with us so I was pulled away from my dad and then I was back with my dad and like that pattern really to be honest like continued even until I was like 21 like into being an adult I kind of I ran away from home when I was 16 and was like living with friends and then I lived with a partner and like I just had a lot of difficulty understanding why people did shit to be honest, like I felt like the victim of a lot of pain at the hands of other people and I didn't get it. And I feel like that's a little bit how I landed at psychology. It was like just my desire to understand people more. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, like I've always been someone who liked to give advice, I guess. Like that was always, you know, when they asked you at school, like, what are you good at? You know, you your to year 12 thing. I was like, talking, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of always that friend that people did like, ask for advice and stuff like that and and that's kind of how I ended up in my psychology degree originally and as I went through my course and you know the afterpath of like going down coaching and stuff like that it's just changed my life like there would be people I reckon that have me on social media that knew me when I was like 21 going to tramp every freaking Saturday at 7 a.m like absolutely sending it there would be like who the fuck is this chick, excuse my French, to be giving anybody any advice, right? Like I have been a mess. I have been violently insecure. I have been like, you know, so miserable in my own head. I cannot be alone. I cannot not be doing something. I always have to be moving. Like to now being someone who can like enjoy being alone, who can be aware that I'm struggling with connection and deal with those things, who can actually sit and meditate. Like that's a small miracle considering where I came from. And all of that came from what I've learned, like what I've read, what I, you know, and at my, when I saw how much peace that that's been able to bring me in my life, it just made sense to pay that forward. Like it was the only thing I ever like really loved doing. And it's taken me a little while to, um, I guess, fully back myself and do it full time in the capacity that I am now and for it to have really blown up. But, you know, it was honestly a very like, yeah, it was like my a very self-driven journey, I think, to start with. Um, and I guess actually something else that I kind of have reflected on recently is um, so because of my mum being mentally ill and being quite erratic as a result of that, something that happens to a child when they have an um, inconsistent parent is that you become hypervigilant. You become really, really aware of like 
their emotional changes or the any any yeah. change that they exhibit, you see it because it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. I knew to survive, I needed to know what she was going to do or what my dad was going to do or what this new caregiver was going to need from me. So this hypervigilance that actually started as a trauma response, I think is part of what makes me a really, really good coach because I see things and I notice things in people that someone that didn't have to grow up in a level of like unsafety that I did, you just can't learn that. Like it's, it's mm. bad. It's funny. It's like, it's, it's, it's not a good thing in theory when I look back on my life, but it's also like probably become one of my biggest gifts as a practitioner now, because that's just in my DNA that I just can see, like I'll notice like a word's different or a tone different or the way they're sitting. Like, I don't even know I'm doing it, but it's very like quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And those things you can't learn from like a book or a uni degree. Like those things are, how you process and digest your own experiences yeah I think that's big like someone actually one of my clients sent me something the other day um, for a book he was reading and it was about like being careful not to take too much advice from like an armchair therapist I think we called it so it was like you know be careful taking a lot of advice from people that just learned their shit from a book because any of us can read books and books are important and they, you know, degrees and all these things a hundred percent have a place and have taught me a lot. But at the end of the day, there's things that you can only learn from life experience. There's things that like weirdly your, your trauma responses can actually become your greatest gift with the yeah. right amount of like therapy and stuff. But I think that's so huge. And like, I guess something that I would feed back to your listeners is like, if you're looking for someone to support you, like whether that's, from a physical health perspective or a mental health perspective, like find someone who you relate to and you actually believe like has lived what they're talking to you about or practices what they preach. Because the problem with psych is there is a million books that will tell you a million different things. And some of them will go in complete, complete opposition to each other. Just so find yeah literally like I can go find a reason to be a vegan and I can go find a reason to be a carnivore and both science makes 100% sense you know it's just you just at some point have to like follow your gut and stuff like that and I think for me anyway like that's where I coach from like a lot of it is very very intuitive for me like yeah I do have a psych degree yeah I have done a coaching course yeah I have you know I am doing a like a breath course or whatever but a lot of what I do and what I practice comes from what I have lived and now what I have seen work with clients. Like I literally will not tell you to do something if I haven't done it yeah, or I haven't, you know what I mean? Like I just don't believe in that. So I think that's really important for people to think about when they're looking for someone to work with as well. Yeah, I was talking to a friend about selecting coaches actually only yesterday. Um, the only thing that, so obviously following your intuition, et cetera, but coming from a business point of view and say if you were a coach that's just starting, like I want also people to know that you have to start somewhere. Yeah, of course. And where you go in a year's time, like, or two, you can get so far, but you have to start. So, you know, all life experience, all the degrees, et cetera, but start. If that's something that you're passionate about, just yeah. like you, start because yeah. I feel like people are getting hot, like held back as someone said you know who are they to start this at 22 yeah I'm like well when I when else are they going to start yeah you know and if it's helping one person that's four years younger than them at 22 that's it but that's what I mean there's always someone 
at a different like and that's what I mean like there's always someone at a different point in their journey and like to be fair something my own coach said to me the other day was like no one else has a degree in being Nadia like I have a PhD 28 years of being me like that is what a client is buying it's not my yes my uni degrees and whatever is a part of it but it's just that and like exactly what you said you're 22 there's someone who's 17 that I'm not going to relate to the way that you can relate to them because literally like just think about how much the world's changing like what's happened in the last two years like Mm. we don't like I was talking to some year 12s the other day and like I can't understand what it was like to have to have gone through not through year 10 and 11 in lockdown Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be an adult, to be building a business, to be a woman, to whatever, but like there's always someone out there who who can learn from what you have to offer as long as you like have passion. And yeah, I 100% agree. Like that was my story for so long. Like I literally mm-hmm. did not, you know, I did my degree straight out of school, but I didn't really step into this till probably three years ago. And that was literally my story is I kept saying, you know, oh, what if I don't have the all the answers? Like, what if they ask me something and I can't help? Like, what if I'm bad at it? What if I'm bad at it? And to be fair, like, the way, I don't know, this is a piece of advice that I got given at the time um, by my ex and he was like, I was having this cry and I was like, what if I'm not good at it? I don't know. Like, what if people won't pay me for it, blah, blah, blah. And he just turned around and said, you know what? Maybe you suck or maybe you're fantastic. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to promise you anything, but there's only one way to find out. Mm-hmm. You know, and waiting and waiting and waiting is you're not going to get any better doing that. At some point, you just have to bite the bullet, put your ego to the back and be okay with you suck at most things when you start. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you fell over the first time you walked and now it feels like a very basic task, you know? Like, yeah. you just have to start somewhere. Um and I always like look back and go, God, I wonder what would have happened if I'd had the balls to start a year earlier. Cause like you said, like even just the last six months for me, when I've actually gone full time in this business and quit my HR job, like the growth that I've had has been wild, you know? And I just, you just kind of have to back yourself at some point, even though it's like scary. We can relate that back to mental health. Okay. So, or meditation, you know, you're going to suck at the start. It's not going to feel good. Yeah. And, you know, if you can sort of go into your own journey with that, uh, what would your advice be to a client that's getting started on meditation or some practices that are going to help their mental health or some intervention? Release your expectation of what it's supposed to be like or what you're supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. That's just as basic as it is like, don't expect to sit down and be a Zen monk in your first experience. Like just my opinion is connect with your why. Like why am I doing this? Like what, you know, what am I trying to change in my life? What is it about meditate? Whatever. Why do I want to do this right now? And just start and just sit and just release your expectations. And like a lot of the time I feel like, um, mental like a lot of these things are a bit like you're gonna get what you need out of it not always what you want mm-hmm. but going with that intention like that why that purpose and just being open is I think all you got to do like you know what like meditation took me years like years 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 to be anything other than me sitting there going am I ever going to stop thinking about all the shit I have to do after this this really sucks I don't like this I swear I'm doing this wrong like you know like And I just, 
as soon as I just started using it as an observation tool, Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, eventually I have found that Zen quiet thing, but it was like, I kind of stumbled on it when I stopped expecting it, you know, isn't that the saying expectation Mm -hmm. of joy, like very, very true. Yeah. It's a good one. I like what you said in the middle there. What was it again? Uh, um, Oh my gosh, my brain. How you said um, you don't necessarily like what you expect or what you want from it. What was that? Yeah. Don't like, don't think what you want from it is what you expect. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really good. Let me take over. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I think it is important to go in with an intention, like with a why, but often what I have found with mental health journeys is like what someone comes to me for or what they think they want out of it and what they leave with are very different. Like, I'm going to use the example of couples, right? Yeah. I I coach a lot of couples, a few couples, I've coached a few couples over my duration and like, this might not be the best marketing campaign as I say this out loud, but often they will come to me with the intention of resolving their relationship. That's what they want. They come there and they're like, we want to fix this. We, you know, we haven't tried this. Very often they walk away going, I'm 100% sure you're not the person for me and we can't resolve this, right? They came in wanting to get back together and then they left realising they're not happy and they're not right for each other. So, yes, you need to have the direction and the, and the intention because the human mind works better that way. Like you will go further if you kind of have a direction point but you also need to release your expectation that that's exactly where you're going to get, end up. You need to go, you know, I'm walking here, but I'm looking around and whatever I actually see at any point, you have to be willing to pivot and take what makes more sense, you know. And, we, see this, exactly. we see this with our clients all the time, yeah. all the time when they start working with us. They want weight loss and then next minute it ends up being the complete opposite um, and they'll eventually get there. However, there's so much more that's a priority beforehand that yeah. um, comes up. It's a massive, massive learning tool. I think when you're in that process and you recognize the fact that, oh, hang on a second, <laughs> it's this is important, not over there, that my ego was like screaming at me being like, hey. <laughs> yeah, and also like I fully appreciate that's easier said than done. Like it's so easy to say like don't have expectations, but also don't feel bad if you do and that's something you struggle with again I personally am so outcome driven like so outcome driven and I can be a very like I'm very stubborn (laughs) so like a lot of the time I watch the way that like things end up having to blow up in crisis for me to shift so like I understand that it's not necessarily that easy but like the one thing I constantly work on and constantly remind myself is that is like you just have to be open to new information and be willing to shift. Otherwise, you literally like are only holding yourself back from getting what you actually need. Mm. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself thinking if I could take all of my own advice, my life would be perfect, but shame I can't because I feel like that all the time. <laughs> again, with, again, with the expectation, I dropped that. <laughs> A long time ago. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race as well. Uh, what are the fundamentals? Obviously, everything has gone boom for yourself. What are the fundamental health pillars that you go by living in? 
You know what? This is funny timing for this question because I um I went away last week for three, four days and I like turned off my phone and I put it on do not disturb. I went away by myself and I just took a few days because I've had a weird couple of weeks like my headspace wasn't great and I kept trying to like get back on top of me here and it just wasn't happening for me and I was like you know what no I just gotta go away and reset and it really reminded me and reconnected me with my health pillars that I probably had let fade a little bit um I think it's going to be real basic here in terms of like how are you treating the engine right so talking more in terms of what you guys do like what's the fuel like you eating enough? Are you sleeping enough? Are you eating the right things? Um, are you moving your body? Like, and not even just exercise. Like I just read this book. Um, it's called Icky Guy. And they talk about like some blues, like some blue zones, like places in the world with the highest median age and stuff. And they just talk a lot about like moving for life, like moving purposefully, like walking to get something or walking to meet a friend or whatever. So the things that I reconnected with uh, while I was away is like, if you can't control what you're putting in your mouth and what time you're going to bed, the chances of you controlling your mental health is slim to none. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back to taking control of what I'm putting in my mouth and why I'm putting it in my mouth, taking control of what time I'm going to bed, what time I'm getting up. I'm moving my body like more regularly during the day, just actually like walking and stuff rather than focusing on exercise. And from a mental health perspective, for me, um, it is balancing being alone and being connected, mm-hmm. like taking the time to actually process what's happening in my day, process what's happening in my life. Like I talk about this a fair bit, but um, you have to understand from an evolutionary perspective, our brains haven't caught up with the pace of our lives. Mm-hmm. We are not designed to be like on call, notifications, beeping, Uber Eats, Tinder, Instagram, the mailman. Like you're not designed to have things coming at you all the time like this. Your brain cannot physically keep up. So you cannot be processing things properly or completely or understanding them if you're go, go, go and with people all the time. So I'm very big on like, you know, taking some silence. Like I've been taking my walks without any music, without any whatever, and just letting my brain say what it needs to say, think what it needs to think dumping that down in journaling like writing and stuff like that um and then the other part for me as I said that's been a big a new realization is also the connection piece so balancing how much time I'm spending alone and walking and fueling on actually genuinely connecting with people and like letting people in and and not just constantly giving but also like bringing some time to receive I guess those are probably recently is what I've really like reconnected to and also breath I guess like breathing is again sounds so simple you do it every day but are you doing it properly probably not you know like I did not realize how dysfunctionally I was breathing until I started reading into these things and really when you think about it like how wild is that like this is the one thing you can't live without like you can eat for you cannot eat for a bit you cannot drink for a bit you cannot move for a bit but you cannot not breathe you will die like, so like that must be so important. So that's become another really big thing for me is like connecting to proper healthy breath because a lot of physical conditions and a lot of mental health conditions can be seriously improved with functional breathing. So that's been some really cool stuff that I guess I've learned. Um, you know, there's been a few people in my life that were like really 
breath influence that started to teach me about that and I guess they're kind of my pillars at the moment of what I focus on and like what I recommend other people start with like don't go fancy don't go like spend a bajillion dollars on a coach every time you have a problem mm-hmm. you know like start with those basics if you need someone to help keep you accountable to those basics like cool go for it but like there is so much one percenters that are totally free and available to you to do on your own that would like I would, you know, chop off my little pinky if it didn't do something, you know? Yeah. yeah. The thing that the, uh, a lot of people struggle with is the boundaries of, um, like you were saying before, giving so much to other people in community and not yeah. enough to themselves and then the lack of health pillars that you're just talking about drop off the bandwagon completely or they actually hardly know how to do that in the first place because of the lack of boundaries I think every single one of us has had to work on that some point is there any like strong advice that you have for people that have the lack of boundaries there you know with other people um whatever you think you're avoiding you're gonna pay the price for it eventually Mm -hmm. Your, bound, your lack of boundaries are not, they're not winning you love. They're not winning you friends. They're not keeping your boyfriend forever. All you're doing is kicking the can down the line and punishing everyone twice as much on your way there. You know what I mean? Like that's the big thing I've learned. Like right now, and I, again, this has come up a lot for me recently is I've gone significantly better at setting boundaries in the last six to 12 months. And Preach, preach, preach. And, and it. <laughs> does not always go down well like straight out you have to understand that it is going to lose you people but it will never lose you the right people and if like and when I've not done it the years and years that I didn't do it I never held on to the guy I never held on to the friend I never held on to the me and that family member didn't get along for that all I did was kick it down the line kick it down the line kick it down the line build my frustration build my frustration and boom you know, like it just became a bigger shit show every time. So like whatever it is you're avoiding or you think you're saving yourself or you're holding on to, you're not. It will, like you will always pay the price and you'll pay tax later. So like just get used to the fact that sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but like sooner is actually less painful in my experience. Mm-hmm. But again, mm-hmm. it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. We all struggle with it. So, like, just give yourself some kindness as well that it's okay that it's tough. Be really aware of that. I'm moving to a new environment and making new friends. And then, obviously, these people, because a lot of friends you have, have, you've had them for a long time as well, and then, you know, they know you and get to know your boundaries, et cetera. But new ones, I was like, hey, I like need space for like a whole week. Like, mm. like I don't want to be asked to do something five times a week, blah, 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 blah. Like this is my boundary. Can you please like, this is how I work. And it was really hard to open up in that way without thinking that I was going to disappoint or I'm being a bad friend or um, I'm treading on someone's waters. And I felt all of these yucky emotions whilst I was setting the boundary. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't get easier <laughs> to well, it. I, I think I keep hoping because at the end of the day, that's a societal issue. Like I did it, I, I literally did a post about this the other day. Unfortunately, like 
at the moment we're really like living in this society where like telling the truth and setting boundaries and actually going after what you want ruffles feathers because everyone's too afraid to do any of those things and hence why it's so hard I really do believe though that those of us that are doing the work and stepping into that that like there is an ability that not too far in the future it doesn't have to be so hard because Mm -hmm. when I set a boundary to say that's something that I need to do for me you're not looking at me going that's selfish you're going oh wow I really like respect that you know that shift will start happening so I I have a hope that as more of us learn to do it, like, because you've got to think, like, our parents' generation didn't know anything about this stuff. Like, what the fuck is a boundary if you're a wog? It's for you guys. I don't know. To be fair, I'm not, you know, white people life. I feel like it's slightly not as bad in what I've experienced, but maybe I'm wrong. But, like, in Arab families, in Asian families, in Italian families, like, boundaries was not a thing. Like, we live like this, all in each other's everything. Like, no one's allowed to make a decision with someone else in your business, you know? So we are the first generation to really understand the concept of a boundary and like what it even is. So like, I really do feel hopeful that like by the time we have kids or our kids have kids that potentially it'll be a much easier landscape to set boundaries. If we can all like push through that ickiness that we are feeling. Mm. Yeah. It would be like in the country, it'll be people just rock up your house after work and stay there for two hours and they didn't really ask so it's like and then you know four people a week might do that um and then even if you just look at that it's like you know if you're letting that happen and then you're complaining about it at the end of the week well then it's kind of on you yeah yeah, we're moving away from everybody loves Raymond lifestyles you know with the mom just (laughs) like we're moving away from that yeah, and like you said before, it's probably a lot to do with technology as well. Emails, notifications, messages, yeah. like we're all there talking to each other all the time. It's like take a step back and what quality of connection are you actually having? What's yeah. the quality? Literally one thing I did last week that has been a freaking game changer is so I turned my notifications off ages ago because if you have your notifications on straight out, you're nuts. Turn them off. That's the first. <laughs> advice to you do not turn them on no one unless you're a surgeon on call yeah or a parent you have no a parent whose child is a phone using age you have no good reason to need yeah. to have your notifications turned on. you're not that important nothing is going on other than you absolutely destroying your nervous system is what i have to say but what i still used to do was leave my messages on my home screen so i get to the end of a day and have 40 unread messages And I did not realize how much peripheral anxiety that was creating. Because when I went away for four days, other than my phone calls, I put everything into a folder. So if I even wanted to see how many messages I'd gotten, I consciously on my terms couldn't open that folder and deal with it. Mm -hmm. So that was a shift that I did last week that is now permanent for me too, is putting it in there. And I'm only going to look at things at set periods a day like so I'm taking control of my connections again rather than being held hostage by my phone Mm. which is huge because people are constantly reacting to the outside world without reflecting from the inside like what do I need what do I want where is my focus right now I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day it's like when you go to do a task and then halfway through that task you start another task and then you're like, hang on, wait, I was doing that task. It's like, if your mind is doing that, you are too distracted. Yeah. One thing at a time, complete it. 
Yeah. And you have to understand that whatever you practice all day is what you get good at. So if mm. you practice never, ever being present, you practice doing 101 things at the same time and always half-assing everything, and then you expect within a time that you require presence to do a work task or to control your anxiety or whatever, it's not going to happen. You, whatever you practice, you get good at. So you're practicing that, that's what's going to happen, you know, and we have to start learning to do things one thing at a time, being present while you do it, concentrating, because otherwise when you need it, it's not just going to come, you know. Yeah. I observe a lot of people and they are the people that, you know, probably type A personality that will be there and you can just see now stepping back, you know, more into the present body a lot more than I used to be like this. You can see them sitting there and then they'll be like, oh, we should do this. Oh, we should do that. We should do this. And I'm going to go do this. And in the present moment, they're rattling the list off uh, in a normal conversation. Mm. and you can really observe like whoa and then you can see how their like nervous system is just getting ramped up ramped up and they have all these different symptoms and for those people I would just say you know step back like that list is still going to be there Mm. yeah but do we need to like actively be in that in our brain right now you know can you enjoy this conversation with your friend without you know thinking about that list nonstop. Um, yeah, it's a big it's a big one. And I feel like a lot of people are going through that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Again, I do think that's really technology aggravated because, like, you don't even sit, like, you sit watching a TV show, talking to your partner and scrolling at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You're not doing any of those three things well. <laughs> uh... You know, yeah. so like that's that's been another actually like I guess big pillar for me because I'm a massive type A personality. And I like to do two hundred thousand things at the same time because like I'm the only person in the world that can do it is what I used to tell myself. Um, but I've again really been trying to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. Just like even if that's watching TV, watch TV. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Like you know, just cook, just whatever, like layering all these things on top of each other is just not, it's not helping your brain function. It's not helping your focus. It's not stress. It's, and you know what? I don't actually even think it's more time efficient. You think it is. There's a delusion that you are being more time efficient, but you're not. I just think you're half And you also don't get the gratification of that moment or what you're actually doing. So instead of getting to the end of your evening and feeling like, oh, I really enjoyed that episode and I enjoyed my dinner, it's like, whoa, it's 10 o'clock, I've got to go to bed. Yeah, it's like, what did I just do? Like, you know, what is, yeah. what's been happening? Where did all the time go? Yeah. I'm going to flip the conversation a little bit with relationships because this is a big topic that, um, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, everyone is going through as well. What, what, do you think with connection and the way everything is going at the moment with relationships, like not so much connecting, what do you think is going to solve that going into the future? Same with being able to meet partners or connect with one that you've been in for a long time with. And obviously everything that we've talked about already is, plays mm. a huge role with that, but is there any specific advice that you would give 
Yeah. Get off the apps. Yeah. I just, I un, I understand in some situations they are good and they work. And again, I, I do believe they were designed with good intention, mm-hmm. but I think they're causing far more damage than they're resolving. Maybe you are meeting more people, but I think, again, the quality of those relationships are just getting worse and worse. Like I think the fact that there is this ability for your mind to think that as soon as I don't like what a person does, I can swipe right on my phone and another one exists there. It's just not a, re- it's just not a real mentality, but whether you like it or not, that's what your brain is learning. It's learning this is how I meet people. This is how I connect. This is how I build a relationship. Tap, 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 tap. The second you do something I don't like, I upgrade to a new model, you know. Like I really, I don't think it's putting any good like baselines in our mind. I think it, it's relationships should have kind of a little bit of difficulty to them, you know what I mean? Like you should have to overcome some like nervousness and butterflies and that first date and the conversation like all the friction that's created from that challenge of meeting someone is part of what creates the friction that then turns into depth of connection and intensity and sexual attraction and all those things and when you get when everything gets comfortable and it gets easy you swap like easy problems for hard problems down the line I think so like I guess my advice would be like get more into like these communities and stuff like that and trying to meet people and connect with people in real life. Or if you do meet on an app, like transition the meeting in person very quickly, like use it to meet, like connect and say, let's get a coffee. Let's go for a walk, like do it in a safe way, but don't get trapped in this. Like no one ever has to be alone, but no one's ever really being together either because there's always some new girl or new guy that you can slide into their DMs or mm-hmm. slide into their whatever. So you're not feeling totally sad and alone, but then sometimes you need that. You need to feel like shitty and alone and miserable and want it. You need to want to connect and want passion. So you go out and you do the work and you have the hard conversation and mm-hmm. you get the therapy and you do the meditation and the healing and the whatever to become the person you need to be to meet the person you actually want to be with. And all these mm-hmm. crappy, easy apps are just letting you, to be honest, stay a bit of a subpar person in subpar relationships and subpar situations because you're not actually like pain is designed to make you move. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly band-aiding your pain with these quick, cheap connections, then you're never actually getting the growth you should be getting and you're never stepping into the person that would actually attract the person you want to be with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. That is, like, quite deep. Like, a lot of people don't think in that way or have any sort of self-awareness. Yeah, and I, I think that's the danger of technologies. All these things sound so smart. Like, yeah, get Uber Eats. Like, don't walk down the road to pick up your food from 500 metres away. Like, you know, don't, you know, don't have to go through the awkwardness of going out and meeting, walking up to a stranger. Don't, you know, it sounds great in theory. Like, message your friend in Instagram every day so you don't have to make the time to catch up for an hour because life's busy. But, like, or I'm very big on like all these easy problem solves create bigger problems. Like, mm, yeah, I think life is meant to be a challenge. And if you don't take good challenges, shitty challenges will present themselves. 
Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, a massive one for me of open, open share was um, lately because I'm single and I'm really looking for someone that, you know, I'm not looking for it, but I, I do want someone to spend the rest of my life with. I don't want a fuck boy to, you know, have a fling with for six months or 12 months. And, yeah. you know, I took nine months without dating and really went internally, did a little, little bit of work, but been doing it for a long freaking time, like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> However, like when I started dating again, it was like disappointment after disappointment. And I just had to, I just gave myself a hard talking to like not long ago. And I was like, Danielle, this is you and your mirror. I'm like, this is you choosing and what you're still being in a certain way. Um, not having strong enough boundaries and, you know, being like, hey, what do I actually want? And instead of letting little things slide and knowing that, it's like, what do I actually want? And don't, don't go into that until that's in front of you or, you know, put yourself out there, yes, but if it's not aligned to your values, don't do that, like, um, like the subpar thing I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. You I think know. that I think that's a very like common thing that's going on. You know, it's just that it's that that fear. I think there's like a real scarcity mentality of like, oh, like you know, there's a limited amount of people or the one mm-hmm. or time or whatever. So you start talking yourself into shit. Yeah. Because like I said, we are a pack animal. And what I will say to you is like, like I we've said, no one wants to be alone unless there is a dysfunction. That's just straight hard facts. Okay. Cause we're not, no part of a human is designed for that. So like, it's normal to want like that connection and stuff. But like you said, it's understanding the consequence of if you accept what what is that saying like whatever you accept whatever you allow you encourage or something there's a saying like yeah, that. I know what you're talking about but that's huge with dating like so huge and don't get me wrong like, you know what my biggest piece of advice is be careful about having sex yeah because especially as a woman like sex will intensify your emotions a lot from even like a biological standpoint you have to understand like not very long ago women you know once you had sex with someone there was a high risk of you becoming pregnant and there was a high risk that if you got pregnant that you and the child would not survive without that man's care and you know attention and even though no that's not the case anymore in a lot of situations your body hasn't necessarily caught up to that so what all your hormones are doing all your innate habitual reactions as soon as you start sleeping with someone like your judgment will get clouded. So I think like that's an easy tool you have available to you is like, has this person proven to be worthy of me having sex with them before I give that part of myself? Also the spiritual um, point of view of that and holding that energy in your womb for however long to, to a clearing. Like there's another side spiritually as well that we talk about too and was learned along the way. And it's it's massive. Like mm. you can hold trauma into your womb from someone not treating you like you should be treated and you allowing that in your body. It's, yeah. 
it's it's something that we didn't get taught as little girls. <laughs> no. No. There's, I always, I think, I literally think that all the time. Like I went back and I spoke to my, my, my year 12 recently and I just thought, they just didn't really teach us anything I needed to know at school. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. We really, like, honestly, they didn't freaking teach me about taxes. Even that would have been a basic skill. You know, fine, don't teach me about room trauma, but you could have told me about taxes. I didn't need Pythagoras. It's not conservative very much. Exactly. So true. So true. Thank you for coming on. It's been, I think there's a few things in there that everyone will take away. Absolutely. Thanks for for hours. (laughs) I know. I was like, to another hour here right now. (laughs) No, thank you for having me, guys. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, like, I guess for everyone here, like I mentioned, I do cold and conscious. So that's, um, so I run it Saturdays, 7 a.m. in South Melbourne. There's also one in Sundays in Altona and one in Geelong. And essentially it's just a community where we're just trying to educate. We'll teach you how to meditate a bit. We'll teach you how to breathe properly. If you're game enough, we'll show you how to get into an ice bath and how to start, like, picking the, the good challenges instead of the easy challenges. Mm-hmm. Like, starting to, like, teach you the – I kind of look at it like – going to the gym for your brain like that's what it's set up for we're teaching you all those really good like discipline tips and community tips and showing you how to give and receive connection and stuff like that so that's something that I do that I'm a part of that you guys can join um at any time I also I'm going to be on an app very soon called Sala which is again going to be a big like easy place to learn about meditation learn about breath work learn about yoga it's got a lot of really cool like connection pieces in built in it um you know some of my meditations will be in there and I also do a lot of one-on-one work and groups at the moment so um if you I don't know if anything I've said has been of interest and you'd like to know more I guess you guys will plug my Instagram somewhere so that they can find me and absolutely percent amazing everyone <laughs> Nadia thank you for coming on thanks for having me girls have a lovely day bye